0: This is Tuesday, August 24th, and we're picking up where we left off last week, in the story of the two tribes, Gad and Reuben, as they're working out an agreement with the rest of Israel. We know that politicians talk a good game, promises seem to flow like a mighty river during campaign season, but after the election, memory lapses set in and promises, they fall away. The river becomes a stream that runs dry, and people feel lied to and disappointed. So we brace ourselves when the time comes ready to be crushed by our expectations. Years ago, I sat with a young couple ready to be married. It was our last premarital counseling session, and the couple explained that neither of them had grown up in intact families. Their fathers took off. Leaving them alone with mom at home. I remember this couple speaking about hoping for something they'd never seen long term faithfulness. How was that going to happen? In their experience, it had never happened. How could this be their story? This leads us to our text for today Numbers 32, verse 31 to 33. And the people of God and the people of Reuben answered, What the Lord has said to your servants we will do. We will pass over armed before the Lord into the land of Canaan, and the possession of our inheritance shall remain with us beyond the Jordan. And Moses gave to them, to the people of Gad and the people of Reuben, and half-tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land and its cities with their territories, the cities of the land throughout the country. Now this is the epilogue to the story of the promise made by the two tribes, Reuben and Gad, to fight alongside Israel, even though their land would lie to the east of the Jordan. Here's the beauty of this moment. They did it. They followed through. And imagine the sacrifice. Once they received their land from Moses, they were home free. They could settle down. They have made a promise to join the defense force of Israel. And that would require leaving their families, their children, and going to war. In itself, this was an immense risk. They left their own loved ones vulnerable. And why did they do it? They promised. Have you ever done something just because you promised? Maybe when you made the promise, it seemed like the right thing. But later you realized that following through is going to be more costly than you realized. And you could find many reasons to go back on your word. But you did to give your word. So you followed through. You did the hard thing. And yes, it cost you. Indeed, these two tribes entered into a mutually beneficial agreement, as we learned about yesterday, with Israel before the Lord. But still the cost would be high. They would be separated from their families. They would put their lives and their plans on hold, fighting until the fighting was finished and their brothers were settled with their families as well. Years ago a woman came to me as a pastor asking me to write a note to the US government to plead her case. She had enlisted in the US Army, and at the time there were no active hotspots of US intervention in the world. She couldn't imagine that things would change quickly. And then a conflict sprang up in the middle of in the Middle East, and her unit was deployed. She came asking me to write for her a a letter asking that her deployment be postponed or rescinded. And I remember asking her, When you signed up, did you understand you could be deployed? And indeed, she did. But when the day came, her attitude changed and she went out. She just didn't want to do it. She wanted out. But as I told her, you promised. And indeed, the army did deploy her. Now, Scripture says that we should not make promises unless we count the cost. Indeed, a promise assumes we will follow through. That young couple I met, I think they had it right. They didn't want to take their marriage vows unless they committed to keep those promises in sickness and in health, for richer and for poorer. And at the same time, they wanted to walk with other couples, also living a life of promise-keeping, a life of fidelity. This really is a beautiful chapter in Scripture, because we hear the promises, and perhaps we see the disappointment coming. But in the end, we're pleasantly surprised by the two tribes that make the promise. If they had not followed through, there might have been a civil war. And perhaps Israel would have been forever divided over land. And that's the reality of our promises. They bind us together, and they help us keep together. Or the broken promises can damage trust and separate us. As always, the Lord himself is the promise keeper in our world. The gospel rests on God's promise, a promise fulfilled at a great cost, And that's how we know where our story is going. God promised. At the end of their premarital counseling session, the couple about to be married were left with Jesus. In Christ, they had resources that their parents didn't have. They knew they were loved well by the Lord, and that would give them a place to stand, a place to stand together. Let's pray. Faithful Father, your love keeps our world spinning. Your promises hold the stars in place. We feel strong, and we so easily make promises. Help us to learn your way of faithfulness as demonstrated to us in Jesus. Remind us each day that our hope is in you. For we pray in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.